0: There are many times in our lives where we just can't figure out God. I think you'd probably agree with that. Times when we're just very puzzled and perplexed by what's going on. Puzzled by His providence in our lives. Think of Job as one, uh, one of the main examples of that. Think of all the many and severe trials that Job went through. He lost nearly everything that he had, his possessions, of course, his children as well, his health, nearly his life. He had some very hard times trusting God through those afflictions, very severe afflictions. Well, we may not have the same degree of affliction that he went through, but we all have afflictions and troubles and trials in this life. And we all have that same problem of trusting God and God's good purposes that he is working out when we go through things that are hard. We go through things that are indeed bad in our lives. The Israelites uh, must have struggled with this as well as they were going through such a time of affliction in their lives. For 430 years, in fact, generations went through that long time of slavery and oppression in Egypt. Now, they had the promise of God's deliverance to hope in, And that deliverance was coming, but things would get worse before they got better. Where we are here in the book of Exodus, things were still to get considerably worse. We're looking at the closing words of chapter 1 today. We read uh, in verses 11 to 14 how Pharaoh had become afraid of the Israelites, God had blessed them so much that they had increased in number massively. Uh, The promises made to Abraham about his seed becoming as numerous as the sand on the seashore, the uh, stars in the sky, were being uh, brought to fulfillment. And it terrified Pharaoh, because it was under his watch uh, that this happened. And so, in fear, he forced them to become slaves, and he oppressed them more and more severely. But the worse he treated them, the more he oppressed them, the more God blessed them, the more they grew, the more they multiplied, just as God had promised. And so, Pharaoh uh, made their lives more and more miserable. That's all he knew to do. Uh, to just clamp down even harder. He worked them more and more ruthlessly, gave them uh, hard, hard labor to do. And yet nothing kept the Israelites from thriving and growing in numbers. And When Pharaoh realized this just kept happening, nothing he did was working, he comes up with a new plan, population control by infanticide. He decides to kill all the male Hebrew babies. Now, there's more going on here than what meets the eye. This is not just a story of one man against many men, against a whole people. This is a spiritual conflict. Just as in Job's story, there was a spiritual battle taking place, A spiritual drama unfolding. And it was a battle between God and the enemy, Satan. The same is true here with the Israelites. It's not just about Pharaoh and these people of Israel. This is a a, a spiritual struggle. It's the struggle between light and darkness, it's the struggle between the promised seed of the woman. And the seed of the serpent. It's Satan versus God and his redeeming purposes. God's plan was to bless his people and bring about his beautiful plan of redemption, his plan of redemption that would extend to the whole world, but first it would come to and flow through them, the people of Israel. But God, uh, uh, Satan rather, would, uh, would uh, oppose this. He wanted to thwart God's purposes. And so keep that in mind. Keep that spiritual conflict in mind as uh, these passages unfold. That is what's going on here behind the scenes of what we see with these people. And first of all, we see Pharaoh's wicked plan unfold in verses 15 and 16. He said to the Hebrew midwives, called them in and said, when you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. Now only two of these midwives are mentioned here. Mentioned by name. Uh, They were surely not uh, the only midwives. They were probably the the, the heads of all the midwives. The Egyptian government would have had control over all the different um, areas of Egyptian society. And so it's no surprise that they uh, exercised oversight over The midwives, even over the Hebrew midwives. It seems hard to believe, though, that Pharaoh would expect these Hebrew women to carry out these horrible orders. Uh, But remember, this is not a, uh, a free society. This is a society ruled by a king, and this king ruled with an iron fist. And to defy his orders would be deadly. It would have brought such grave consequences upon these women and their families. But why did he order them to kill only the males? Because Pharaoh is afraid of them, and he's afraid that they're going to become a threat in the future. He's afraid uh, of the military threat that they might pose against Egypt. And, of course, it's the males who would grow up to be strong, young soldiers who would fight against Egypt, if that would indeed be the case. So that's his rationale. That's his thinking. So as soon as these male babies were born, he wants to exterminate them, Just have them slaughtered. He probably gave them detailed plans on how they were to do it. Well, this was nothing less than a satanic attack. God's people were to be fruitful and multiply. That was what he had told them way back in the beginning. And they were doing it. We were seeing that realized here, even in this uh, fiery furnace that they were suffering in, in Egypt. They were being fruitful. They were multiplying greatly. And that was God's doing, but Satan opposed that plan. Satan hates God's image in man, and he hates God's plan to redeem men. And so he rages. He rages against all humanity, but he rages against God's people in particular. More importantly, he was fighting against God's plan to bring the true and final Seed of the woman into the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. Above all things, he wanted to stop that. Well, this plan failed miserably. Pharaoh's plan uh, failed completely. These two midwives, uh, their names should be revered uh, along with the, the other great heroes of the faith. And they have been. Their name is recorded here in Scripture. Scripture. Pharaoh's name's completely forgotten. But the names of these two courageous midwives are recorded here in God's Word forever. That's beautiful. And we can learn something from this. The powerful people of this world, the rulers, but those who don't serve the Lord... They will not stand. They will come to nothing and be forgotten. But the Lord will cause His people, the righteous, to endure forever. And these women did what was right. They defied Pharaoh in order to do what was right, regardless of what he could do to them. They knew full well what they could be facing. Why would they do that? Why would they defy this all-powerful king who could take their lives with a word? Well, it was because they feared God more than man. That's what we're told here. They refused to take part in this genocide. They let those babies live, and in so doing, they also gave us an example of how we ought to live and serve God, even when it might be dangerous and fearful to do so. And I think we can also say that uh, they show us an example of how we ought to protect and preserve human life, and in particular, the lives of the unborn. In a day where we have so many who uh, claim that abortion and infanticide Are valid and uh, even good options for women, and they call evil good. Even though Roe versus Wade was overturned, a woman can still easily murder her unborn child by just getting a pill through the mail. You can just pop a pill like you're taking a Tylenol for a headache. And it's quick and easy and convenient but it's murder it's the taking of a life made in God's image may the people of God still resist and de- decry these things these are not acceptable things whatever our godless culture says to God murder is never acceptable murder of any kind. Let's pause to just notice a little irony in this story. I think it's a little, a little humor. We might not see the humor in it, but the Hebrews uh, probably did. This evil plan of Pharaoh was thwarted by two women. And that culture, they, they did not think highly of women at all. They were despised. They were thought of as, as nothing. And so God is poking a little fun at his enemies in this way. He uses these two lowly, despised women to foil the plans of this great and powerful ruler who even fancied himself a god. What a joke that was. God laughs at man in all his puffed-up pride and arrogance and rebellion. He turns the tables on this great human ruler by showing he's not so great after all. And here it gets interesting. Pharaoh gets wind of what's going on. He hears that these baby boys are not being slaughtered. In fact, they're surviving Um, And he calls these women in to question them. And he says, why have you let these male children live? And they told him this little story. They said, Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they're vigorous and they give birth before the midwife comes to them. Or whatever that story was they were continuing to defy pharaoh we see their great courage even here now in in uh, continuing to resist him they didn't give in these women were continuing to risk their necks to disobey this man who held their lives in his hand that's a beautiful example Of faithfulness to the Lord fearing God and not man and a beautiful example of upholding life but we also have to realize that these women did not tell the truth to Pharaoh they lied they willfully lied to him some commentators have tried to downplay that that they lied but it was a lie They didn't tell the truth about what they were doing. They were deliberately disobeying Pharaoh. They were deliberately sparing those little ones. They made up this story about how the Hebrew women were so different from the Egyptian women, they just shoot out those babies so quickly that uh, the the, the midwives don't even have a chance to get there. It was a flat-out lie. Was it wrong to lie? Pharaoh? Well, lying is wrong, but there are certain circumstances where it seems to be justified, like here with these midwives. Or uh, the modern-day example that uh, many uh, ethicists will point to are how the Jews hid uh, or were hidden from the Nazis. Many people helped them and hid them during World War II. And those people, uh, think of the people in the Netherlands, for example, who had to lie, had to flat out deceive the Germans when they came hunting for those Jewish people. What we see here, God doesn't condemn this deception by these midwives here. On the contrary, he blesses them. They lied to this evil ruler, and God blessed them. He used their actions to bless the Israelites, and he even gave these women then families of their own. It sounds like they may have been barren, at least these two who were named uh, prior to this. He gave them families of their own. Isn't that remarkable? These Israelite midwives disobeyed the governing authorities and even lied, and yet God showed great favor to them. Why did he do that? Well, I think we get a hint in verse 21. We're told the midwives feared the Lord. They feared God rather than men. And that is what was called for in this instance. And it's true that God calls us, and He gives this precept that we are to speak the truth and not lie. And He calls us to respect the governing authorities and submit to them because God Himself is the one who appointed them. However, we're not called to obey the commands of men when they violate. God's commands, and this is a clear case of that. When the authorities were calling for murder, evil, in cases like that, God is to be obeyed rather than men, and that's what these women did at great risk to themselves, and that's why God blessed them now generally speaking we as christians should be the most peaceable law-abiding citizens of all we should be submissive to the government uh, however possible and in your workplace you should be um, submissive to the authority uh, who is over you there Uh, you ought to be the best most diligent Faithful, compliant workers. But there too, if you're told to do something that God has forbidden, well, then you have to make a choice. Will you obey God or man? And this is a real dilemma. This is the kind of dilemma that we will face in a fallen world. And we'll probably face it more and more as the world uh, gets darker and darker. You may have to make really hard choices to go against those in authority over you. Your livelihood may be at stake. Who knows, it may be even worse. The stakes may be even higher in the future. We shouldn't take this lightly, this idea of disobeying, human authorities, to obey God. Only when we're being told to do something that definitely goes against God's word. And even then, you should do that with trembling. You should make every effort, too, to respect and honor those in authority as you respectfully disagree and disobey them. But faithfulness to God is the most important thing. But it may be very costly. It may involve suffering. But in God's providence, He may use your faithfulness in beautiful ways. Maybe even in ways beyond what you could even imagine. We see how He blessed His people Israel here, and even these midwives. The Lord can use your faithfulness in wonderful ways. He can use it as a witness to the people around you. He can use your faithfulness to bring correction to those who are doing wrong. He may use it to bless God's people in wonderful ways, like the people of Israel here were blessed and preserved through the actions of these women. They just took a stand and refused to do evil, and great good came from it. It's a beautiful thing. And you can be sure that God is able to bless his people who trust and obey him. He blessed these Israelites and the families of these women in response to their faith and obedience to him. The Lord positively bestowed blessings, great blessings upon these people who sought to be faithful to him. He blessed these women who refused to do wrong. He protected their lives, he preserved them, he provided for them, gave them sweet, blessed lives with families. However, it's not always a happy ending when God's people commit their ways to obeying God and taking a stand against what's evil. Taking a stand for the Lord has cost many people their lives down through the centuries. But we need to obey God regardless. We need to be ready to pay the price. We need to be ready, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were threatened with death by King Nebuchadnezzar. You remember how that went? He threatened to throw them into the fiery furnace if they refused to worship his false god that he'd set up, that image. And they did refuse, and they said to him, the God we serve is able to save us from the fire, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we will not serve your gods or worship the image that you've set up. They were ready to die, to obey the Lord. And in that case, of course, God did spare them, gloriously, and it's recorded for all history, for all of us to see how the Lord worked. And he did it here with these midwives. He spared them, he blessed them, and he can bless us as well when we take that stand to obey him and to resist evil but again we have to remember he may not he may not spare us he may allow his people to suffer as he has he's allowed many to die bearing witness to their faith in christ i hope that it never comes to that for us but it certainly could The important thing that we need to remember is that God is able. He's able to save us in this life if he so chooses, but he certainly is able and will save us eternally. And he will bless us with every spiritual blessing in Christ as we trust in him. He will do that for us and for all who trust in his son, our blessed savior. He knows how to bless us he will not forsake his children who trust in him so fear the lord and not men fear him and you'll have no reason to fear any other let's pray together gracious god and heavenly father please bless your word that we've heard that you'd apply it to our hearts. Give us courage for this life. Teach us and form us so that we will trust in you with all our hearts and so that we will be able to stand firm under uh, our trials in this life. And even in the face of evil, help us to be faithful to you always. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.